Peltero Pickle, episode 143. This is the championship series edition for the baseball playoffs. We're talking Bryce Harper going in he is him mode. The Astros are in the world in the ALCS for the seventh year in a row. We've got some six U soccer observations from this weekend. Check it out. Pelletel Pickle, episode 143. It's October 16th. I'm Bobby Tewksbury. Joining me is Chris Colabello. Uh, before we get started, a reminder, send us your topics, questions, concerns to pickle at pelletero.com or find us on social media at Pelletero Pickle, at Pelletero App, at CC20 Rake, at Tooks Hitting, etc. Uh, Chris, how are you doing today? I'm lovely, Robert. It's a wonderful Monday in New England. Talking about vest season, and the only thing about the only good thing about vest season is the ability to wear the vest. Nothing about vest season is good other than the fact that you wear the vest. Yeah, I, I really like fall weather. I just I like it. So I like it when it's cooler. What's the temperature up there? What are you working with? Fifty-two feels like forty-eight. Probably. I'm gonna get the confirmation on that. That's just my guesstimate. Uh, 57. Yeah, I'd give it a feels like 51. Yeah. yeah. So we were, uh, we were 48. It's ugly. It's ugly Drive to there. school this morning was 48, which was awesome. Loved it. Now it's, we got a high of 72 today, which is just lovely. I love, I love a good 72 sunny sky, a little slight breeze. Don't get too hot. It's great. Just for context, the fall is fine in an area where the winter doesn't make you have to hibernate. Yeah, but you get foliage. New England makes you have you get to get all the foliage up there. That's nice. My like my wedding anniversary is tomorrow. It gets dark early. It, it just makes me feel old. It like makes me feel old, and like I don't have a. There's nothing to get excited about. It's not. Summer, the days get longer. Spring and summer, the days get longer. Yeah, the short days. If you made the argument to me that fall weather. So fall. Okay, how about this one? Let's just reshape this in your mind. You want to do the foliage crap argument? That's fine. If fall was spring and spring was fall, I would like fall better. Imagine if the, the, the leaves got orange in the fall before they grew. Yeah, but that's not how it works. How that's that? like, yeah, exactly. That's why it's stupid. It doesn't I hate the fall. It just means the winter's coming. Every day is getting colder and shorter. The the, the short days are really bad. I'll give you that. When when you wake up and it's dark, and I you go home wa- and it's dark, and everything is dark. That's bad. I went to watch URI play Stonehill yesterday, and in typical New England fashion, the thing said fifty nine or sixty degrees or whatever it was, and it. Literally, that should be a tolerable temperature outdoors, and it wasn't. It just really wasn't. Hood on, windy, gross, can't hit a homer because the wind's blowing east to southwest or whatever at 92 miles an hour, and you can't hit a home run unless you hit it right to the right spot. Oh, side note, one home run was hit in the game. 
wall scraper, fall ball, 17 inning bender, whatever, typical, you know, fall ball. One home run was hit by one of the Stonehill players. I don't know him, no offense to him. Pointed to the sky between first and second and then turned it out to right center field and pointed at the trees in a fall ball. So he did the Reese Hoskins. There's no fans, there's no camera, but I'm going to point at it anyway. What are we doing? Maybe there's a stream. I, like, I'm not the fun police. Was there a stream? Maybe there's a camera out there and he was doing a stream no. to his parents at back home? No. <laughs> no shot city population that Homer. Doing the, the, doing it the was, Reese Hoskins around second base is, is to nobody is pretty funny to me. You, that's this now the second time I've seen it in an amateur game in the last two weeks. Do you think they're doing it ironically, or do you think they just don't understand that Reese Hoskins is doing it to the camera? I know exactly what they're doing. It's a celebration of me. I loved celebrating me when I was a kid. I am the eternal 12-year-old, 18-year-old narcissist. I wanted everybody to look at me. I wanted to be the center of attention. Call it only child syndrome. Call it whatever you want. And now the reflection of time is everybody does it. At every moment, they can celebrate themselves. And that the biggest difference was I grew up in a generation or in a time when my dad would have literally grounded me if I acted that way. It's like, it ain't about you, dog. And then you come to terms with the fact as you get older that it ain't about you. And you are a microcosm of the game. You're just a small piece that has to be grateful and exist within the game. That's the old guy yelling at the clouds, which like, I don't mind celebrating moments when they matter. I even had a tweet about the umpires at the college world series needed to stop being the fun police. When Wyatt Langford hit that Homer, it was incredible to tie the game in ninth inning at the college world series. It was unbelievable. He should have taken his shirt off at home plate. Because it was raw, authentic, emotional. We can talk about this till we're blue in the face. But, dude, who hits a fall ball? Like, it's a practice homer. It's not going on your bubblegum card. I, I think it's, I, yeah, this is a good is. one. And we should have Alex Trezza on the show for this. Alex Trezza has a rule. Sorry, I interrupted you. Alex Trezza's rule. I love it. You have to have 100 career homers. Clock starts in Little League when you hit your first one before you're allowed to celebrate. I like that. 100 might be high. I mean, get there. That's a lot. You can hit. I mean, I I know guys that hit like I, I said to I said to Jack Dorbon yesterday after the game. I told him about the rule. I said, I said you got to hit like a hundred career homers before you can start celebrating them. And I go, what do you have like twenty six? And then we started counting them. And as we were leaving the field, we had gotten to twenty four. And then he texts me. <laughs> he texts me on his way home. He goes, I had two fall ball homers. <laughs> Here and here. So I have 26. BP homers count? BP homers count? No, BP homers do not count. Hit tracks boost homers, do those count? Everybody's got way over 100, if that's true. Yep. All right, let's jump into topics. We got the uh, the playoffs are in full swing. ALCS, NLCS championship series is here. Uh, We got the Diamondbacks. You missed the show last week. Um, we did a nice, a nice playoff recap with Mikey Bats, Mike Alt last week. I think we did, we did really well in our predictions. Um, Diamondbacks just steamrolled the, the it's going to be hard to like talk about these topics, not all like mixed into one. 
But the di- the D-backs just steamrolled the Dodgers. Uh, Braves got beat by the Phillies. So at three quarters of the three quarters of the teams that got a buy are now gone. Um, was it the Astros the only team that's that's sticking around? And the Astros were playing for something very late into the season. So there's a lot of unrest right now about the buy system. What are your thoughts on on? We talked about it last week with Mike, but the thoughts on what it's like to have to sit around and wait a week to play your games. Yeah, it's it's great if you win, and it sucks if you lose. Right? But how I, much is it? How much is it? Is it influencing the game, the actual like results of games? Correct. I understand. So if if we're, I mean, just we're gonna call a spade a spade. The Braves offense was anemic for 16 innings right until trey turner just get, gifted them a run um but the que- they couldn't the do question anything is, so is, is that being caused too much by the layoff that's the debate a hundred percent it's being caught co- like when you're used to playing every day and having one day off for 184 straight days like one day off is the most days off you get in a row not including all-star game you cannot match sure you cannot match the intensity you cannot match whatever you do and this is uh, snitker did the interview after he said we did everything we possibly could have from uh create the dynamic of exhibition and practice and scrimmage and face pitchers there's no way to recreate the game and then naturally when you're a team that's good all year the talk about the 2015 Toronto Blue Jays. We only had three days off because we had to wait for the wild card game to get played. And we came out and we weren't very good the first two games and we lost two games at home. Now, does the energy of winning that series carrying you into the next series matter more? Now, let's be clear here. I thought Houston was a better team than Minnesota, and that's why they beat him. I thought Texas was a much better team than both uh, both Tampa and um, uh, Baltimore. Like Baltimore wasn't ready to win. Baltimore, it was they were a great team throughout the regular season, just a team that's not ready to win. Uh, the Dodgers had two great hitters, and I talked about this early in the year. Dodgers had two great players. That's it. The rest of their lineup is not a threat. Shut those two guys down, you see what their offense looks like. The the Arizona beating the Dodgers one was, I think, shocking. The most shocking because it was a sweep. But it can become a sweep quickly in a three-game series, in a five-game series, best of of five, right? Because if you win the first two, you win the first one, it's a punch in the face. All of a sudden, you win the second one, now it's not cutting time, right? Um, I I fundamentally believe Philadelphia was equipped. I, said, I think I said this before the thing started. I said they remind me of the 2015 uh, Royals team that was on the doorstep last year. They have great players. They have dogs on their team. I mean, just look at the at-bats that they kept putting together against the Braves' frontline guys. Just it, That's Will. That's energy. Castellanos burns the ball to the left at 100. 
the Braves were exposable, right? I watched Boston sweep them in Boston this year, and they, they think they kept them like three runs in two games because they're a three-run homer. The Braves are a three-run homer. That's who they are. Now, Ronald is a special player that can do other things, but we've had conversations with their hitting coach. They believe in pitch, play D, and hit a three-run homer, right? And the format doesn't always work in the playoffs, especially if you get mowed the first the first night. When they got mowed by Suarez in the first game and they got shut out with not Wheeler and Nola, they were in trouble. Yeah. That, you know, people wanted to argue that after game two, you know, the, the fact that the Phillies kind of punted that game, I was like, dude, Citizens Bank is a different animal. Now, if the Braves could have got it to game five, it would have been interesting. But, Citizens Park is hopping. Is that the best playoff atmosphere? In ba- I mean, definitely in baseball right now, right? It's got to be. The, the only thing I could match it to is Kansas City and Toronto my years. I, I've never seen stadiums that are that just in tune with every pitch. Wild. Have you Boston, ever? You could argue that Boston, two thousand four, probably. Have was. you ever been to a playoff game as a fan? Um, no. I I went to a World Series game when I was twenty one. Who who played? Who was it? So yes, twenty one. Boston, St. Louis. Boston, St. Louis. That was kind of a blah series. Two thousand four. I was twenty one years old. Yeah, but that was kind of a blah. They swept. Yeah, them, right? well, Didn't I they mean, sweep them? the funny part is the first the first. The non-clinch games, this is the difference that you notice, okay? with This is why I said the Phillies remind me of the 2015 Royals. When you're playing non-clinch games, like non-winner-go-home games, it, it, the intensity is very low. And that that's kind of what happened to us when we played the Rangers. The first two games, we were just like strolling the park, la-di-da, right? And then all of a sudden, you just kind of you, you punt one away, make a mistake. In Kansas City, game two, when the ball fell in right field, the energy shifted. It was like the fans understood how pivotal it was to try to get that game if they could. And then one game, one moment, one play can look back on a series and go, oh, crap, that was the defining moment. So, it, yes, Citizens Bank is special. And it's it's almost like they're aware of the missing link from last year, and they're not going to let it be them, the tenth man. They're not like they're not. That's what Kansas City. I'm telling well, you, that, it, the ball fell in right field, and the crowd changed. The whole dynamic changed. They saw the door open, and when the door opens in the playoffs, you got to burst through all t- all the time. Game one, game two, game three. When it seems like it doesn't matter, everybody. Oh, Texas won game one. Well, you know, Houston can still come back and win, but. You know, I think the Philly. I think it's, the, it's, it's the Philly deal. fans are more empowered than ever because of the whole Trey Turner situation, where they they got behind him and saw the saw the impact. I had a tweet about this this weekend about like how do you put players in the best position to be successful, and how like real time in game decisions by managers are so important. And if you pre if you pre skip pre script the game you don't have the ability to like adjust on the fly based on what you're seeing in real time. And the analysts, they're not baking in like, Oh, this guy made an error. So he's feeling down in the dumps or, you know, the momentum of the game is shifting the way the energy is. You just, you can't plan for that ahead of time. So 
if you're trying to put your players in the best position. Why you can't decide to take Jose Barrios exactly. out and after three exactly. So the guy was dealing. Yeah. So we 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 talked about that last week. How like when Bo Bichette came and put his shoulder on him, being like, "We know, man. Like we can't believe this is happening." Too. They lost. That's when they lost. Like the game's over. Like how do you, as a group, rally behind something? when you feel like you're not even putting your best team on the field. It's deflating. And it's it's easy well, to be like, oh, just compete. We can get deep. In. We, but momentum feels like – We can get deep. Mo- in. Momentum in a, in a playoff game, momentum in, a, in games that matter, it's like a stone wall at a certain point. It's – remember I used the term, it's energy, not momentum, right? So you just, you just said the thing about Bo and Barrios or whatever. If you really look at the landscape we're in, right? Guys that spend 162 games together, they spend a whole season together, they go to the field together every day. They, they, you know, you do everything together, right? You're together, you're with your teammates more than you're with your family during the season. And people know you. People know when you're good, when you're bad, when you have your good stuff, when you have your bad stuff, what your what your, your mannerisms, your your actions, everything about what you're feeling at any given moment. And it's that intuition in baseball that I talk about all the time. It's the it's the, the sixth sense. It's the thing that baseball guys for hundreds of years have been using as their, this guy's good, this guy's not good, or this guy is the right guy in this moment versus this guy's the wrong guy in this moment. Because it's 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 not even intuition. It's really just an understanding of the human. Right, and I, I use the term intuition because it sounds better, I guess, and it could be, it could not be, if you want to be really specific about the definition. When the when the there's not alignment with the coaching, the front office, and the players, that's when shit hits the fan. Because every guy on that field that day knew Jose Barrio should stay out on the field. Like that's the guy right now. This is him with his best stuff. And when he has his best stuff, it brings out an animal that isn't going to lose. And we just took out our, our best weapon because of some spreadsheet that doesn't account for any did of the you, shit. That did you done. hear the quote? And that's when it gets Did you hear the quote from play. Schneider after the game? I'm still not over it. He goes, we're yeah. trying to use the whole roster. Why would you try to use the whole roster? <laughs> I've I've talked to so many people. Why would you ever try to use the whole roster? You should be using the least amount of players possible. Your best players. You only have so many players that are your best. The quote, the quote I had a bigger problem with was from the GM who said it was all Schneider's fault that he, he was surprised. Yeah. And then then Shapiro, Shapiro came out and said like accountability was the word that was missing or something to that effect. Yeah. Not a, not a good scenario all the way around. Listen, say what you will about about character, about culture, like people that want to discredit it, man. It comes down to alignment. Like, do am I in line? It's the front office, the coaching staff, and the players. Are they in line? Are we in alignment here, boys? Yes or no? If you're pulling that way, we're pulling this way. It's over, dude. You ain't winning. The reason why the Philadelphia Phillies and the Braves too are dangerous because I know that those those are all running the same path. And in Philly, 
I see it more than I do everywhere else, right? Houston's had it for a few years now. And it's probably because the core group of guys has been the same there for a while, right? The players, and they came up through the system. Now they, they changed a couple front office pieces, but, you know, the owner's very involved with what happens there. So, you know, does it feel like, does it feel like the front office is running the team or does it feel like Altuve, Bregman, Alvarez are running the team? Which one is it? Pretty obvious down there. Pretty obvious. Um, Seven straight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So Diamondbacks plow through the Dodgers. Phillies, they're a wagon. Phillies, just, they're, they're fun to watch. That atmosphere is incredible. Then on the AL side, we just mentioned the uh, both the Rangers and the Astros. You want to do predictions now before we get into Harper? What are you seeing here? So obviously the uh, the Rangers won Game One. Jordan Montgomery pitched really well. Silly's Rangers. Feels like it's going that way. Feels like it's going that way. Just to be clear, I thought they were the two deepest offenses. Atlanta, Atlanta. Don't t- I don't want to take anything away from Atlanta. Historically, one of the best offenses of the last. 50 years they are a three-run homer though like that's if you like look at the at-bats that jt Realmuto, bryce harper uh nick castellanos trey turner like look at the at-bats those guys are putting together right now those are dogs those are dogs they're those are i'm beating you at bats like i'm willing my way to be better than you I didn't see Matt Olson have that at bat. I didn't see Austin Riley have that at bat. I didn't see Marcelo Zuna have that at bat. And and not that they're 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 great players. Don't take this the wrong way. I, I, like those other guys are dogs. And and I, Arizona's got a little bit of that in them, right? Got a lot of guys that are really finding their identity as players. The Carroll kids playing nice. You know, a couple gut punches and and. This is a series, right? Because they're playing with really good energy. Um, and obviously, they've pitched great, right? They, they've pitched the heck out of the ball. Their bullpen got really solidified when the Seawall kid came from, from Seattle. Everybody, they kind of restructured the, the whole bullpen to put guys in different roles. So, I, I mean, look, you got to play the games, but you're going to have a hard time beating the Phillies. I, you're going to have a hard time beating the Phillies. Yeah. They're hungry. I agree with dude. that. These dudes are hungry. I definitely agree with that. Um, it'd be I think good series though. I like I, I I want I hope Arizona like really gives them a hard time. I think I don't want it to be a sweep yeah. if you put yeah. it that like I don't want it to be four nothing on either in either side because to be honest to be completely candid with you I think the playoffs have been incredibly boring, just very uneventful. Other than the game two Phillies Braves, yeah right? I. I haven't really looked at it through the lens of like just entertainment. I just just watch the games to watch the games. So there hasn't there hasn't been a winner go home game. Like uh like there hasn't been a winner take all. There's not a there's not a winner take all game yet. Like a game three or a game five. We're in the we're in the we're in the ALCS. 
We're in the ALCS. There hasn't been a game five or game three. Yeah. I think uh, I would like to see it go back to a one-game wild card, not a three-game series. Put pressure yeah. on it. Different excitement, yeah. different energy, things matter. Well, more. it makes the it makes the regular season matter more. It it makes you yeah. So all the stuff that's been being said yeah. about it. Yep. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get into Bryce Harper because Bryce Harper went into can we call it him mode? Is that where the kids say that these days? He is him. He's, he's <laughs> he went him. to him mode. So there was a a quote after the um. There was the, the the base running play at the the end. Was it game two, game three, whatever whatever game it was that Harper got thrown out at first on the the catch at the wall, the relay throw, that whole play. So apparently, this uh, Arcia kid with the with the Braves made a comment that got picked up by a reporter. He said, "Add a boy, Harper." Uh, I th- Will Middlebrook said something to the effect that like sarcasm is the language of baseball. It didn't matter who made that play. Somebody was going to say something about it, and it was going to be joked around. Um, Alana Rizzo had this whole thing about, like, you can't talk about things in the clubhouse if you're not – basically, if you if it's a hearsay thing, you can't report on it. She walked that back. So there's all this, like, drama around this thing that was probably a nothing burger, but if you give somebody like Harper motivation, it'd be like saying, Kobe, I don't think – like, the good game, Kobe. Like you can't say good nice game, Jordan. Like when <laughs> you can't you can't motivate that style player. So then Harper just hit two homers and stared him down, and uh, it was pretty. That was entertaining. Um, but Harper just went into him mode and just took over. Thoughts on that? I think the the impressive yep. thing is when you when you when you can harness emotions like that. When you can harness emotions into performance and not like outbursts. It's just it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I I enjoy that thoroughly when that when that type of thing happens. The thing that the the fact that Arcia said the thing that he said in the clubhouse, whether he said it or didn't say it, really means nothing, right? It means something because the media is making it something. But let me tell you something: Bryce Harper was going to find a way to be motivated no matter what. All you did was give him a target. Like, right, all, all you're doing is moving the bullseye. Like, it's the Jordan thing when uh, the guy from the Washington Bullets said something to the tune of, uh, nice game, Mike, when he outscored him, and, and that he made it up. Like, you make it up. I, I tell people all the time, there's a very specific reason why I want to hate pitchers. I, it's not that I think they're terrible humans. Like, yeah, some are, whatever. They're, they're they just, whatever. They, but... The point is, I need to direct my attention that takes me from here to here, right? I need to, what, what, is, what is the thing that gets you locked? And I, I was explaining to somebody my, my first game back in Minnesota, right? And, and the homer in the ninth inning was, I don't think I've ever been more channeled on an at-bat. I don't think I've ever been more zoned in, locked in, whatever you want to call it. And and that's what Arcia created for Harper. And again, the kid was he didn't mean anything bad by it. He came in the club, I said, oh boy, Harper, because guess what? He made a bonehead base running play. I, do I appreciate him being aggressive in that moment? Yeah, 100%. But the, the, 
his actions on the like while he was running showed you the doubt that was in his head right he was going slow sped up hit the base turn to make sure because he questioned it right so anytime you question the play just make sure it happens the way it needs to happen get to second base put your foot on the bag and then decide especially considering the circumstances the fact that arcia said something or didn't say something you know, the poor kid just became the, the center of attention. And Harper even said it. Like, I love it, dude. It's it's This is what it's all about. You want to talk shit? All right, here I come, right? Everybody talks shit every day. It's, it's great. Just be careful who you're waking up. It's like all the things that I say to college kids about chirping, right? Just be careful you're going to wake those dudes up. Just be careful because you don't know how they're going to respond. Just when the giant's asleep, leave him alone. Don't poke him. Poke the bear. About to find out. He's gonna he's gonna find a way to get motivated, and he's gonna come with it soon enough. Correct. Just try not to happen on your watch. Yep. Correct. That's great. Uh, Harper also had an interview with Pat McAfee, talking about pressures of his career. I guess I didn't watch the full interview. It sounds like you did. The gist of it is that he's talking about current pressures are nothing compared to what he felt dropping out of high school to go to JUCO and being the first round draft pick expectations that were set early. This kind of goes to what you talk about where you feel like expectations in the playoffs are nothing other than help the team win. So the draft pick stuff, the things that are more out of your control, the it's, it's just like, it's a different kind of, pressure and expectation. I guess in playoffs, the expectation is you just try to win. And if you lose, you lose. Only one team can win. That, that type of mindset. Is that how you feel about this whole thing? Where he feels like his his draft? Thousand yeah. percent. Thousand percent. And it, it literally, it comes, it comes down to how you shape things, right? For yourself, individually. It's, it's not, it's it, it, like people can have whatever opinion they want. It, 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 this, these are circumstances, Bobby, where it doesn't matter what you think or what I think or what anybody else thinks. I have lived it. I have been there. I've experienced it. These are the feelings I had, right? And all we try to do as athletes in any given moment is try to create an environment that we can thrive in. Fair? Like you're trying to create a mindset and psyche that you can thrive in. So what he felt when he was leaving high school as a 16 year old to go play against men at a junior college to go play his junior year of high school as a freshman in college with all the world's eyes on him at the amateur level i'm sure could have been pretty daunting the fact that he learned how to get through that at that age was also like oh the sun's gonna come up tomorrow i'm still really good it's it's shaped his perspective and this is why I get frustrated when I talk to the world. And, and I'm going to bring this up in the conversation. Adam Kennedy, I, a player who I watched growing up, right? And I respected. I liked the way he played, won a World Series. On our post, Patrick alluded to this because I don't really generally check our comments on our, our social media. After I said, I think hitting in the playoffs is easy, he said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, that's great, man. I, like, I'd love to hear your take on this. But clearly, you're not listening to what I'm saying which makes me feel like I'm, I live in the twilight zone. I don't think the act of hitting against pitching leverage guys is easier than the fourth reliever in June. I was very clear about that. 
But these are all my opinions. And I'm the first one to say it. Harper's opinion is the thing that shapes his character as a player. And that's why you want that guy up at bat in the ninth inning of the game on the line. Period. Yeah, he's got he's got that uh what what do you call it? It's the Brady, the Tiger, the Jordan, the Kobe. What is that gene called? It's is it the clutch? It's not even the clutch gene. It's clutch factor. The X factor. It's it's, no, it's more than that. It's the he's him. He's him. It's the champion gene. Can we call it that? The sure. Like, it's, it's the a, the hate to lose more than you like to win gene. The armor. Armor around him with win. I hate losing more than I like winning. I'm not letting you beat me. And then guess what? You're going to lose sometimes. You're still going to lose. Yep. I'm going to hate it. And I'm going to find ways to make it better the next time. It's adjustability, dude. It's all It's all. It's all it's, mindset. it's. It's such a mindset, though. And it's so obvious when it's there. And it's so obvious when it's not there. It's amazing. It's the reason why the four guy, the three guys in the middle of the Phillies lineup didn't make it out against the arguably the best pitcher in baseball right now. It's the only reason why they literally did not make it out against Spencer Strider. This guy's the best on the planet. He's he's, he's got some stuff. <clears throat> so Strider was the next topic, and he really owned up to like. The quote was, uh, quote, the people trying to use the playoff format to make an excuse for the results they don't like are not confronting the real issue. You're in control of your focus, your competitiveness, your energy. If having five days means you can't make that adjustment, you have nobody to blame but yourself, which I love. I love that. I Dude's a gamer, man. I think I put him in my foxhole. Yeah, I, still think, I still think it's a real issue, though, that being said. I want that mentality. He's he's coming at it. Time out. He's coming at it from a pitcher side. Yep. Well, right. pitching is is different too. This yeah, is yeah, not yeah. taking anything away from Spencer's. Yep. He he is a gamer, right? So I want that guy on my side. There is a real truth to taking five days off as a hitter, as opposed to starting pitcher getting seven days instead of five. It doesn't. Yeah, they're still doing all this. They're doing no all change. the routines. There's they're no doing difference. all the. It's all the same thing. Yeah. And they're used to having time in between starts, as opposed to. You're, the Atlanta Braves are a team that ran like if you go look at their games played, I'm willing to bet their starting lineup, other than Rosario and Pilar, I'm willing to bet and the catchers, I'm willing to bet they're all over 140 games played this year, unless barring injury. I, Olsen definitely was over 140. Riley was over 140. Ozuna's over 140. Harris over 140. Acuna over 140. Albie's over 140. So there's six core guys play every day. Every day. RC is over 140, so seven. Yeah. I don't know that for a fact, but th these are these are dudes that show up and they're in the lineup because that's the way they, they coach the team. That's why they did what they did this summer. These dudes are just rhythm guys. They're in it. They're playing. All of a sudden, you take that away. It's, it's, it's a factor. I don't – it's not – like, can you overcome it? Sure. Does it matter? Yeah. At the end of the day, the circumstances are the circumstances. Does the league need to change it? Probably. But that's good. Them call. That's not for me. To yeah. Decide. I mean, if the if the Braves came out and scored, 
five innings in the first of the series, it's probably a whole like trains on the tracks again and they're off and running. So, yeah, correct. Exactly. If they just had, if one of their guys hit a click the ball in the second inning, it, it's different, right? Like base hit, base hit, click, right? Like the, the what happens when you, when you have five days off, Bobby, everybody's looking for their first barrel, right? We need to find our first barrel and then we're good. Until you find your first barrel, you're searching, right? You're still like, ah, and guess what? They didn't hit one. They, were they, I mean, the first two games, when the Suarez, I told you, when the Suarez and bullpen day shut them down, you're, you're in real trouble because you got Wheeler tomorrow, dog. Like, and so if you don't get those those first guys, like you go face Zach Wheeler with like when you're still feeling for it, good luck. And they were actually able to win the game. So really, when they got it to one one, it was. It was more than enough to be competitive in the series. And let's call a spade a spade. You know, they're they're a blast in the ninth away from playing game five. Yeah. Yep. Right. Like they were they were they got the they got the two bloops. They just needed the blast. Right. And they had terrible terrible at bats with tying run on base. I, I mean, and think about this. This is I want something I want to allude to that I talked about. Imagine you're the Atlanta Braves, the Atlanta Braves, 300 and whatever homers this year. And your season, your season came down to the ninth inning. Kevin Pillar, Eddie Rosario against the lefty, who ha- he had 62 at-bats, I think, this year against lefties. And the, the Vaughn Grissom kid. Th- those are the three guys that your season came down to. Think about that. Which isn't a knock on any of those guys. It's just not not the uh if you thought the Atlanta Braves season was gonna come down to three hitters, you're probably going Acuna Albies Riley or Acuna Albies Olsen or Albies like right or if you could if you could draw it up. You get to the yeah, ninth if you could draw it up. That's how you'd want it. Yep. Uh Houston Astros are in the ALCS ALCS for the seventh year in a row. Is that right? Seven years in a row. That's pretty Correct. good. Seven. Shock it That's up. pretty good. Um, who's been there the whole time? Has Has Altuve been there the whole time? Has Bregman been there the whole time? Yes. Maybe missed the first year? Uh, he wasn't there for the early ones. Or maybe he was. So, it, so seven years is 2000. So 2017 was their first one? Yep. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Yeah. Um, Bregman came up because I, I, the Astros team that I, we would have played had they beat Kansas City like they were supposed to was, um, the third baseman was Valbuena still before he, uh, passed. Uh, was Bregman was short. up. Correa had just come up that Bregman year. Bregman played a full year in 17, so he was up. His, his, uh, he played 50 games, 49 games in 16. So he was a rookie in 17. That was, I believe, he played 49 games in 16. So yeah, I don't know if his status was there. So he was a rookie in 17. So Bregman. So Bregman, Altuve. Altuve. Tucker's been around for a long time. They didn't have Brantley yet. No. Tucker, he, no. He's Tucker been there for a long time, though. He's been there for a long time. 2018, yeah. Alvarez, too. Maldonado. When, when is Alvarez up? Pulling it up right now. I want to say Alvarez is probably 18. Missed the first one, I think. 
because they they still were they were Marwin Gonzalez when they won the World Series. Alvarez Alvarez was, there was nineteen. And, uh, and and nineteen, yeah. They won the World Series in seventeen. Is that right? Or eighteen? I don't remember. Or eighteen was the Red Sox. But they've had uh, so Altuve is really the guy. Correa was there, but obviously he's not there now. Um, but they've just done a. I mean, they are consistently good. Do you think? You think Bregman and Altuve just set the tone for that whole roster? I think they all do. Verlander, yeah. Verlander was a big piece of it. That's why they got him back. Um, things I've heard about internally there, there's like, I think they all have some star quality to them, right? Which kind of can make it detrimental when you're not one of the stars, right? When you're not on the inside. Um, that being said, they obviously win. Uh, and Altuve is one of my favorite people to play against. Tremendous character, like just a, a great kid, right? And he's not a kid anymore. But I think he's the centerpiece. Like, he really sets the tone. And if you think about it, it's the undersized guy. It's the underdog mentality. He was just not a, not a big-time international sign. And his consistency is really show up very often, like on the field. Like I think he had some injury stuff this year for the first time in a while. Um, three hundred every year, twenty five plus every year. Just it's pretty impressive. And Bregman, Bregman, you gotta give the guy credit. He's turned himself into a, a really solid player. He's a, he's a competitor. He, that that was like the the stamp on him from when he got out of school, right? Um. You know, so I think yeah. I guess it's the two of them. The fact that they've they've had consistency at the catching position. A guy like Maldonado who handles the staff, even though he doesn't hit, like he doesn't hit at all. Like he's a zero behind the plate. Um, that piece of it is a big deal. Um, and then you know maintaining that core of guys in the staff, like Ryan Presley on the back end, has been there for most of it. Um, and I give him credit because I'd never, when I played with him, I, I didn't know that he could turn into this. So it's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. Kudos to them. They're good. They're very good. All right. Last topic of the day. Yep. It's funny for me. So I had some I had some observations at 6U soccer this week. I think it's actually technically 7U soccer. but You and your 6U soccer. So it's it's fascinating, right? Because I I played soccer until like second grade. And it just it was to me it was pretty boring. I played like an my last four in soccer was this indoor soccer league. We won the championship. It wasn't challenging. Ooh. It wasn't. It just wasn't challenging. So I just got bored. It was just like okay, this is like I don't have to work hard to have success in this. So it's just boring. That's just my history with soccer. So walking into a soccer environment now, being around uh, this rec league. I mean, this is a rec league general like this is not competitive this is this is like pure rec league and it's just it's funny because i i try really hard to just, just keep my mouth shut right i'm i'm trying not to intervene with anything i care about my kids effort i try to teach her the game a little bit here and there she tends to like run away from the ball instead of running towards the ball so i'm like hey go to the ball or when a, when one of her teammates has the ball 
I'm like, go towards the net so they can pass it to you. And then she would like go to the net, but then back up like 10 feet. I'm like, you need to go right there so they can kick it and you can kick it right in. She's like, oh, okay, okay. So it's more just like teaching the game. Um, I, I really think parents, when they watch their kids play soccer and their kids don't care when they're just out there like prancing around or skipping around or whatever, whatever it is they're doing besides like playing competitively, they feel like they need to care and they, they, they try to ramp up their level of care to overcompensate for their kids. And it's, it's, it's so interesting to watch because the game starts and everybody's like, yay, they're all cheering and they're cheering. And then like two minutes in the game, one dad will start being like, come on, get the ball. And then another dad will start <laughs> It's like some mom starts screaming and then grandma's there yelling and it's, it's wild. It is absolutely wild to me. The lack of awareness that parents have that real time instruction and motivation is not, it it literally does nothing. It's detrimental more than it is. Which just doesn't help. It's Yeah, it doesn't do anything. It's counterproductive, right? Like all it does is create anxiety and, and resentment. Whether a seven-year-old is aware of anxiety and resentment or not. Oh, they are. A hundred percent are. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, leave me alone. You ever see a kid just... let me figure this out. You ever see a kid just shut it down and stop running when a parent's yelling at them? They just stop. It happens a lot. Because you're you're literally taking all... Like, you're not even giving me a chance to enjoy this. Right? And and that's the thing. The things that I give my dad credit for, it, like he stayed as far away from the dugout as possible. So the, the game. I, now I sought him out. You have to let yeah. the player seek the parent approval out. So let the player. Let me, hey, let me talk about me for a second here. Geez, this is my soccer story. You just flipped it to talk yeah, about you. I'm good. You're so- good. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to listen. Sorry. Right. So. One of the most interesting things is how the game that starts as like this rec league, we're just here to kind of practice and, and learn the game, how it morphs into this, w- w- somebody's got to win this ball game. So this particular game, the other team scored two goals quick. It was actually, the thing that's sad about it was it was the first game where it was actually soccer. <laughs> Usually it's just like the ball is in the middle and it's like everybody just congregates in the middle and like, there's no spacing there's no like passing this was the first time where it felt like soccer because the ball was like somebody would kick it and it would like there was it looked like soccer for the first time so they scored two goals early we we come back and score two goals and the rule is that the coach the first week the coach is allowed on the field and then the next the remaining weeks the coach is supposed to be on the sideline this team had two adults on the field there were two adults on the field basically like positioning the kids around Uh, it's a no goalie rule so they had a kid playing goalie because once we scored two goals and like we got momentum they they literally put a kid in goal and these are like the tiny goals like that they're three feet across so they had a goalie in net uh then their players started like jump kicking our players they were like doing WWF style jumping kicks and our, our coach had to pull our team off the field. So we didn't even finish the game. It was hilarious, but it's just, it's fascinating to watch a game that's supposed to be about kids learning how to play soccer. Six year olds, they can barely, can't even tie their own shoe laces. Like I had to tie my daughter's shoelaces 
before the game so I could double knot them. This is who we're worried about winning games. Kids that can't even tie their own shoes. Literally. It's fascinating. So we go, we go, everybody's there just to have fun and learn the game to now we got goalies. We got break, multiple coaches in the field, kids playing goalie when there's not supposed to be goalie. This, the, the, the intensity level ratcheted up so quickly. It was, it was my, I, I put on a ebook. I was listening to play better, Chris. I was watching play better. I was standing behind the goal on one side, uh, behind their team's goalie. I was just pacing back and forth to just stay away from it. Cause I could feel the, the thing ratcheting up. So they kicked it out of bounds to me and they kicked it right to me. So I picked it up. I barehanded it and I held the ball up and I go, Oh, we're playing goalies in this league now. And then I <laughs> threw it back. Cause I'm like, what are we, what are we doing? These co- they literally had coaches on the field and a goalie in a league where no coach is supposed to be on the field and no goalies. It's like, what are we like? The what are we emo- doing? The emotion, the emotion is taking over in the parent as much as yeah. it is in the player. That's the problem. It's just it's wild to me, and it was it's sad. It is sad. Um, but yeah, just fast, absolutely fascinating to me. It's it's so weird. You have it's very strange. You just have pers- you have perspective. It is strange We're now being about. a parent and and being on this side of it, where. I'm just, I mean, I'm just kicking back, just trying to watch this game and let, let them do their thing. Trying not to intervene, trying not to just, it's not my game. I'm not, I'm not playing. It's not mine to play. Correct. You have no influence on the outcome. And this is so many parents try to though. I think society's gotten dumber. Yeah. When I, when I tell you society's gotten dumber, we've gotten dumber to whatever amount of human existence. We're dumber. We're stupid. Like we're stupid. We're idiots because just let it play out. Let it be. Let it happen. We, we're, you're not helping. There's no part of you helping. You're not going to get your kid recruited from 70. I saw it at a high school football game this weekend. You're not getting – like the kid's not going to get recruited because you told him about technique in between plays from the stands. Literally, this happened at a high school football game on Saturday. The dad – was yelling down to his to his kid on from five rows deep in the stands, going, "Hey, when he when he does this move, do that and 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 do the thing that I showed you." And and the kid was like, "Yeah, I'm doing that already." He re- he actually responded, and then I'm seeing eye contact with parents about like a triple zig with the zag, and I'm just enough. Mo- just sit there and clap. One of the things I would hate the most. When uh, coaching baseball, like younger 11U, 12U players, when a kid would do something wrong or they like swing and miss or whatever, and they'd, their head would spin around to the parent right away. I was like, this sucks. This is the, this is the, that to me, that's like the worst case scenario because they're so concerned about the parent reaction that they're not even playing the game. And, and listen, pal, all you need to do if, as you're, as a coach of a youth team, just go up to the guy, give him the whistle, give him the clipboard. Be like, be my guest tonight. Go ahead. That's w- with lessons. I watched Rich Gedman do it for years. I said, listen, you're paying me to do this. Like you're, you're actually physically paying me. If you want to come do it, do it. I don't need to be here. That's it. All right. That's the end of my thoughts. Take us out. Anyway, on that note, it goes out.